Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I'm talking with our chairman of the Republican Party, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, another exciting week as things are just happening so fast. How are things going for you? Well, they're going very fast. Uh, last Friday at noon, I left here, drove over to Deming, which is about a five, five and a half hour trip down through El Paso and then into Deming. When we got there, we did an event for Scott Chandler and many of the other candidates running out in that area. So just a huge turnout and people excited about what's going on. So we conducted that. Then later I went on over to Lordsburg. The next morning had a meeting with the chairman there. Then had a meeting along the highway going into Silver City. Just some ranchers out there that wanted to visit. And then on into Silver City, back across to Las Cruces for a Lincoln Day. And then uh, this morning, get up at 5.30 and get back into Hobbs. So it's been a very busy week, but it's an exciting week because everywhere I'm hearing the same story that Democrats are saying they're not going to vote for the progressive Democrats. They think Republicans are more closely aligned to their values than what the progressive Democrats are. And so that's the reason that I feel great encouragement about what we're doing and where we're going here. Yeah, I'm seeing the same thing as I'm interviewing the candidates. I'm getting the same reaction. Many of our Republican candidates, oddly enough, were Democrats at one time that felt the party left them and switched to run. So very interesting times in New Mexico. Now, we it hear- is. We hear a lot about the president contracting the COVID-19 virus. You never know what you're getting on the news these days. So I'm going to ask you to tell us what's really going on. Well, i tell you, what's really going on is that the president caught COVID and he was carried as a precautionary move to Walter Reed Hospital there in Bethesda. I've been there many times as a congressman. The people who believe that you could uh, get the president into that facility and all under the guise of some sort of a conspiracy to give false information to the public, they're just plain wrong. That place is full of military men and women who honor their commitments, don't believe for a moment that they could pull off some sort of conspiracy to the scale that would be required in a facility that large. So we have expressed our prayers and and concern for the president, the first lady, but then several of his staffers have tested positive. And so this is time for reflection, a time for the president to slow down just a bit and take care of his health. He should be back on the campaign trail before 10 days is up. They go into a self-quarantine anytime somebody gets the COVID. But uh, I absolutely believe that the doctors are going to give him clearance to start working before then. He carried all of his work out to Walter Reed and has been doing the same thing sick that he's doing when he's well. And so that's the reason that many people support him is his just sheer tenacity. So it looks like then the president will be back and ready to go for the debate coming up on the 15th. I understand uh, Vice President Biden has decided to back off his attacks while the president's sick. Is that what you're hearing? Yes, that's right. That doesn't mean that he didn't attack plenty during the debate. But I told people it was like that he was a boxer throwing jabs and the president was throwing haymakers. The president, first of all, asked him to identify if he would or would not pack the Supreme Court. He refused to answer that, saying that his answer would be the subject of discussion. Well, that's exactly right. That's why we have the debate. 
Yeah, President Trump has been held accountable for every single word he says. They've even held him accountable for words he didn't say. So that was a very weak answer from Biden. Well, then the next way the president got to him was asking him who he would name, and he wouldn't go there. Then the president got into law and order and said, name one law enforcement agency or group that has endorsed you. And Biden responds, we don't have time for that. Uh, Trump says, I'll give you my three minutes. Anyway, he knew that he couldn't come up with one. So again, a very weak performance there. The whole issue of white supremacy came up at the debate. And what that tells you is not that Trump is some sort of a racist. It tells you that the Democrats are alarmed because it looks like President Trump is over 15 percent with black voters. If he gets over 12 percent, then the uh, Democrat Party is in deep trouble for as long as we can see, because they've been depending on getting 95 percent of the black vote every election. They've been able to be lazy and complacent. Now black voters are saying, wait, what is going on? The president's done more for us than any Democrat has ever done. In fact, it has come to the point that the founder of black entertainment television, the BET, Robert Johnson is that founder. He was once a big dollar donor to the Democrat Party. He's a lifelong Democrat. But now he's saying that he prefers Donald Trump's economic plans, including his focus on cutting business regulations that prevent small businesses from being successful. Robert Johnson went on to say, I don't see anybody in the Democratic primary race today that is enough in the center where I believe most of the voters are, and particularly where most African Americans are, Johnson told CNBC in 2019. Well, then he came out Wednesday the past week saying that he's going to pick Trump and vote for him. So that just bodes very ill for the Democrats, and that's the reason they're pushing this false narrative about some sort of association with Proud Boys or whatever. You could tell that the media had already laid this trap here for Trump because Biden immediately responds with the Proud Boys. That's who you should talk about. And Trump didn't know who they are. Frankly, I didn't know who they are until I Googled them. Strange thing is that the head of this worldwide organization called Proud Boys is a black guy. And so here they are saying that Proud Boys are white nationalists or white supremacist organization. And the head of it is a black guy. So the Democrats just keep playing defense. They keep doing really things that are not very good and not very productive. This whole attack on Trump for the white supremacy is very telling. In a particularly sharp discussion between Kayleigh McEnany and John Roberts, he's the Fox News White House correspondent, and Roberts comes in to Kayleigh McEnany's press conference and demands and asks her if she's going to insist that Trump disavow the whole white supremacy notion. And Kayleigh McEnany says, well, he's done it many times, and that caused a whole debate there with John Roberts. That afternoon, then, as soon as the press conference was over, Kayleigh McEnany tweeted out specifically straight to John Roberts saying, hey, why don't you look at your wife's newscast from yesterday? She was giving how many times the president had disavowed the white supremacy argument. You know, Steve, we can say the president has denounced white supremacy, but until we play it in his own words, I don't think people are going to believe us. The press has people turned so against this president. Here is President Trump from a press conference a few months Ago. In one voice, our nation must condemn racism, bigotry, and white supremacy. Again, from the COVID 
and the, the presidential family with Melania having COVID and the president also having it, our prayers go out to him. But I think that he'll be ready to go before the next debate. And I think that he is going to be more calm, more restrained. He just had too much emotional energy when they kicked that last debate off and he couldn't get calmed down until about two thirds the way through it when he did. Uh, you could really see Biden's flaws. And so the president is right where he needs to be. He's going to win this election. He's going to win. And New Mexico was going to win nationwide, too. So each week, again, is very full of newsworthy items. Steve Pierce and I will return in just a moment with more Inside New Mexico. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veteran Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. I am talking with our chairman of the Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, I understand our governor had a tweet for the president. KOAT had a significant story last week about the governor. They were showing a tweet from the governor in her communication. She said, I will not allow President Donald Trump to barge into New Mexico, turn us red, and sabotage our incredible chance to win this election. Well, I'll tell you, Governor, you all have had the power in New Mexico for 90 years. And if a president can come in here and visit and suddenly turn the state red, understand you've already lost the state, Governor. You've lost the state because you've overplayed your hand and conservative Democrats are fed up with the government controlling every aspect of their life. They're sorry to see the taxes go up. They hate the fact you're trying to take their guns away. They hate the fact that you're trying to make this even more of a late-term abortion capital of the country. So, Governor, you're the one turning New Mexico red, not any visit by the president. And by the way, that visit was going to be coming up in this week so that when the president suddenly came down with coronavirus, know that we lost our trip as a part of those schedules that he had to set aside. But that's okay. We still wish the president well. Hope that he gets well soon, that Melania and the rest of the staff, that all of those are safe because they work in a pretty closed environment. Uh, There's no way to socially distance when you're working on this level and in these meeting rooms in the White House. So, again, our prayers and good wishes go out to everyone infected, no matter who they are. So as your two years of being chairman of the Republican Party start to come to an end here in 2020, folks are asking if you might run for a second term. Well, Derek, I tell you, my wife and I talk quite a bit about our plans, but we never try to mix things together. We've got one focus right now, and that is to win this this election for Donald Trump. And so we're going to put full attention to that matter until the election is over. At that point, then my wife and I will pray, we'll discuss, we'll think about what we're going to do next. But we're not going to rush into anything. We've got a lot of name ID in the state. We feel very strong. We've been able to get a lot of people to volunteer and help the party. But as far as my future plans, we're just not even thinking about that right now. Single focus, elect Trump and turn the state red. I would like to introduce our listeners to Dinah Vargas. 
She is running for State Representative District 10. That is the South Valley of Albuquerque. She is a proud Republican who very often wears a t-shirt that says Hispanics for Trump. What was it that made you decide to run for office? My opponent was running unopposed again for the third time in a row. And so I decided that I was going to run for the House of Representatives because there's only been two representatives in all my lifetime that has has ever served the South Valley. And that just astounded me. I couldn't believe that in my entire lifetime, there was only two representatives. And I look around the South Valley and not much has changed, not much has changed in the 45 years. And so I decided to throw my name in the hat and I've been working hard every day to earn people's votes. And I really want to win because I want to represent District 10. What is it you want to change? What are you seeing that's wrong? Well, uh, definitely education, crime, and and opportunity. It's not that the people of the South Valley can't cross the river to go find opportunity, but we're always crossing the river to find opportunity. And so uh, simple things like Wi-Fi or broadband internet, there's still many parts of the South Valley that do not have that. In addition to water and electricity, like at the forgotten Pajarito Mesa, under the one party, they were simply, the people of the Pajarito Mesa was simply forgotten about they have no running water no electricity and about a thousand excuses why they can't at the peak of covid is when i kind of got tossed to Pajarito Mesa because I was touring my district. I pulled out the map of District 10 because it's very confusing. It kind of goes all over the place. And I found this little mesa up on the hill and I went to church at the El Remanente and I met the pastor there and I met a whole bunch of people from the Parito Mesa and they began to tell me their stories. And so they literally had no communication with the rest of the world, like through Wi-Fi. I mean, things were shut down. Like the library, they have a tiny community center, and it also was disconnected from electricity or or water supply. So the families there weren't even getting the free lunches from the Albuquerque public school system. So So wait a minute. In 2020, in a major city like Albuquerque, there are people that don't have running water or electricity. Yes. How can that be? It seems like everybody knows what's going on at the Parito Mesa. I mean, we all see the trucks and and the water tanks going by. Everybody knows where where the landfill is at, the the, um, southwest landfill. Yeah, if you live there, I'm saying, but I would think our our legislators should be appalled that this is going on in 2020, that anybody should live like that. How about this? How about when I get to office, I'm going to make sure that the House of Representatives, all of them know about the Pajarito Mesa. Do they even know who their current representative is when you went in there to talk to them? No. Simply put, no. What are your thoughts on that red flag bill that was passed? Well, I'm definitely not in support of it. I would do everything in my power to vote in the spirit of our God-given rights, and I support the Second Amendment as it's written. And how about right to work? Should I have to join a union to work in New Mexico? You absolutely should not have to join a union. There was a bill on abortion that was very controversial. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it was very controversial. I'm not sure why it was controversial to the point that people were were literally debating what side of the aisle they were on when it came to abortion up to the day of birth. So that means that full-term mothers, you know, at nine months were able to elect an abortion procedure 
up to the moment you deliver your child. So I'm I'm definitely a pro-life candidate. I've on all of my advertising and my platform, I'm basically calling myself the life candidate. And that's because I want to build a culture of life. And that starts in the womb because currently the most dangerous place for Hispanic New Mexicans is in the womb. There is 53% of all abortions late term being performed at a UNM abortion clinic in District 10, 53% of those women are Hispanic women. What are your thoughts on how our governor has been handling the COVID-19 situation? Well, I think that it's time to open New Mexico. I, I'm out again in my district. I'm speaking from my district, for my district, from the people that I've, I've spoken to. They're, I mean, they're ready to be open at full capacity. I think the initial response to the COVID it was proper, and I think we all needed to take some precautions. But now looking at the numbers and, and all of the things that are failing as a result from having the state shut down, like our kids not being in school, um, restaurants are still not at full capacity, and other workers were deemed not essential. And so it's essential that we get New Mexico back to work because there is going in my opinion, to be a, maybe a shortfall with the budget. And we got to figure out how to balance that because part of the job of being a legislator is to balance the budget. And so if we're going to be making any cuts, I already am on the record with the Albuquerque Journal for saying we should start at the top. Would you raise taxes to make up the loss? Absolutely not. I've already signed a pledge with the Rio Grande Foundation, and I have pledged not to raise taxes on hardworking families or businesses. That is a clip from an interview I did with Dinah Vargas last week. Dinah is running for the House of Representatives in New Mexico, District 10. That, again, is the South Valley of Albuquerque. Steve Pierce and I will return in just a moment. We'll get an update on President Trump's Supreme Court nominee on Inside New Mexico. On behalf of the New Mexico Department of Health, take COVID-19 precautions. Wash your hands frequently for 20 seconds. Don't touch your face. Use a tissue or your elbow to catch your sneeze or cough. Avoid large gatherings and close contact with sick people, especially if you are elderly or high risk. If you have a cough, fever, or shortness of breath, stay home from work or school. Do not go to the ER or doctor's office without first calling the coronavirus hotline. And avoid all unnecessary out-of-state travel. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico, and I'm talking with the chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, give us an update on our Supreme Court nominee. Well, many people, when the president got COVID, said, well, obviously, you just can't go ahead and confirm her. There are, of course, the people who are opposed to her nomination. But Lindsey Graham has said that he is going to move forward on the same time schedule to confirm her. I still believe she'll be confirmed by the end of October. That will put her in position for this winter session of the Supreme Court. A lot of key decisions going to be made there. So stay tuned for the fight on that particular thing, because the Democrats are already attacking that she's a cat. Catholic, and they're saying she shouldn't be. Their argument is not playing very well with Catholics in New Mexico, I will just tell you. So it's another reason that uh, Trump is going to win here in the state. There's a few senators that are out with COVID-19. Will they be allowed to vote by remote or by proxy somehow? 
I'm sure that they will be allowed to zoom in or maybe after everybody else is gone from the hearing room, they would bring them in one at a time behind plexiglass separated screens, much like happens in the, the grocery store. So a lot of ways that they can do it. Lindsey Graham didn't seem to think that was going to be a major problem. Good. Now, I understand that you have put together with the Republican Party a video that we're 30 days out from the election. Tell us about that and then we'll listen to it. It's a video project that we started. We want every 10 days to come out with a new one so we started 100 days to save New Mexico then 90 days to save New Mexico the TV ad that we're going is actually the 50 days to save New Mexico that was cut about 20 days ago uh, but then the 30-day video that we just released is really exceptional, talking about religious freedom. And that's one of the areas that Trump, even though he didn't grow up in a faith-based household, even though he doesn't always understand these faith things, he's been one of the strongest advocates and strongest protectors of the right to worship freely. Listen as we play 30 Days to Save New Mexico video. And by the way, those videos are made by just one of our employees of the Republican Party of New Mexico, a 20-year-old college student. At New Mexico State. She is exceptional. She's very good. And she does these videos from start to finish and turns out a great product. But listen as Ashley Solar's video plays the audio portion of that. New Mexico has always been deeply rooted in faith. It's written all over our state, from our beautiful churches to the names of our cities. The radical left is waging war on our values, our culture, and our religious freedom. This is a battle for the soul of our nation. An Albuquerque megachurch is now suing the state, claiming the governor violated the First Amendment that protects the freedom of religion. Pass this law. They would consider a, a liquor store essential, but a church non-essential. Singing has been banned at all church services. You can't sing at church. Are you serious? It is discriminatory for the governor to allow protests but not allow worship. Democrats think protesting is a lot more important than going to church. Church set on fire by protesters. The Democrat National Convention removed two words under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Biden-Harris for the most anti-life presidential ticket ever. They're targeting and persecuting, harassing and discriminating against the church. The radical left agenda. No religion, no anything. No miracle is coming. What Joe doesn't seem to understand is that America is a nation of miracles. Bureaucrats think they can run over your lives, overrule your values, meddle in your faith, and tell you how to live, what to say, and where to pray. Many millions of Americans embrace worship as an essential part of life. So I'm correcting this injustice and calling houses of worship essential. As long as I am present, no one is going to stop you from practicing your faith. We will not allow the government to censor sermons, to restrict the free speech of our pastors and our preachers and the people that we most respect. In America, we need more prayer, not less. And above all else, we know this. In America, we don't worship government. We worship God. This November, vote Republican and save New Mexico. Vote Republicano para salvar a Nuevo Mexico. Great video there. I understand James Dobson had a letter to Christians as they get ready to vote. Tell us about that. 
Well, of course, you know that James Dobson is the founder and the chief architect of Focus on the Family. He's turned much of that operation over to other people at this point. But he's writing a letter basically to Christians saying that he keeps hearing from many of his friends that they're going to base their decision who to vote for solely on a candidate's rhetoric or their tone or their style or even their likability. And then he asks just a straightforward rhetorical question, is that your thinking process, meaning each one of was reading his letter, and he said that as he was writing the letter, getting ready to end it, his wife walked in with an email that had come, and this email basically had this thought in it, saying that this presidential election is not a junior high or a high school popularity or personality contest. The writer says, I'm not voting for the person, I'm voting for the platform. There was one other person knocking doors in Chaparral in New Mexico. They reported to me on my weekend trip coming back through the western side of the state that a Hispanic Democrat answered the door. They offered to give them literature for Trump. He said no, that he said, I'm not voting for Trump. And the the door knocker, very rarely do you get such straightforward kind of harsh answers. And then the guy standing there talking said, yeah, I'm not voting for Trump. I'm voting for his policies. And so it was a clever way to say, yes, I'm supporting your candidate already. We're just finding just like Robert Johnson, the founder of Black Entertainment TV, BET, we're seeing more and more Democrats declaring their support for the president and his re-election efforts. Anybody who does business in this country knows how heavily regulated things are here. And this president has gone through, and I see it even having FCC licenses, how he's making things easier for me to do business. And I understand he's making it easier now for people who like to hunt and fish. Tell us what he's doing in that department. Well, he opened up the largest single opening of land to hunters and fishermen that's ever occurred in our history. That was 2.3 million acres inside 138 national wildlife refuges, nine national fish hatcheries. Basically, the president has now opened up significant more opportunities for our hunters and fishermen to get into where they have access to game and just plentiful wildlife. So the president just continues to make significant moves, reversing decades of strict regulations that have put in place governing the way that we can access our own ground. So remember, it's not the government that owns that. We are the government. Public lands belong to us. And so it's very, very important that he's doing these things and he addresses, again, one of the huge issues that is uh, facing New Mexico, but all the western states, and that's the lockdown of public lands. Thank you, Steve. And for our listeners, don't forget, early voting is going on now in New Mexico. Go early vote in person so you can put it in the machine yourself and you know you're counted. Wear your mask, social distance, and safely vote. It can be done. If you'd like to get involved with the Republican Party of New Mexico, there are lots of ways to do that. You can go to the website at www.gopnm.org. The party has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. The handle is at New Mexico GOP. The Republican Party is always looking for volunteers to help win New Mexico for the president and turn the roundhouse red. You can call party headquarters at 505-298-3662. That's 505-298-3662. For Steve Pierce, I'm Derek Underhill. We'll look forward to meeting with you again next week right here on Inside New Mexico.